Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Uh, I am, I, I gotta admit, a little TikTok crazy. I, I can't believe one of my recent episodes or videos got over a thousand views. It, it's climbing, the followers are there. And that song, Every Time It Comes On by Willow Smith, uh, an earbug. And I finally have the earbug on my phone playing it for you. But I digress. Um, tonight, I, I have a couple things to talk to you about. First of all, did you know that under the Bill Barr resignation drama, which is not going anywhere, I mean, he hasn't really resigned yet, and Trump, by the way, piling it on, retweeting things about the Department of Justice, uh, saying he needs to clean house, Bill Barr does, we'll see if that pushes Barr over the edge, we'll have to see, uh, because last night the Washington Post reporting insiders that are close to Trump and Barr has said, Barr said, well, if he tweets more, I'm going to resign, uh, with regard to the Justice Department, we'll have to see how that plays out. Right now, though, he's still there. Part of it. It does seem like... It does seem like... To be honest with you... That... uh, uh, That they are doing so much more than resignation talk. According to Red State today... The DOJ... Is continuing to look into matters with Ukraine, chastising Jerry Nadler in the process. As uh, you know, that former Fox News reporter who's still in CBS now, Catherine Herridge, is doing more and more work. And Stephen Boyd. The DOJ, the assistant DOJ, uh, the assistant attorney general, is saying that the U.S. attorney for the Western District of Pennsylvania, Scott Brady, appointed by the Department of Justice, and Richard Donahue for the Eastern District of New York, overseeing matters that could potentially relate to matters involving Ukraine. So that's tweeted by Natasha Bertrand. Say the department does not particularly uh, typically provide information relating to ongoing matters. However, the department is aware of news reports and public comments from members of Congress that have distorted the public's understanding of the department's handling of such cases. So, underneath this resignation BS or rumors spreading around, which have been denied, refuted, repeatedly by the DOJ, they've actually got some work they're doing on the Ukraine incident. We'll have to see where that goes, but I just thought my Keeping It Real listeners should know. And I also want to jump on, because, you know, if you care so much that Ryan Newman and his tragic car crash, which he's actually walked out of the hospital today, but if you cared so much about a human being's life behind the wheel then continue to make sure your loved ones don't drink and drive. Be, be sure to make sure and check in on your neighbors, on your loved ones. Tell them have a great trip. 
get there safe wherever they're going by car. And by goodness, stop flipping each other off. Stop honking your horn at each other if you care so much about the people behind the wheel. Think of those right next to you on the street corner that are waiting for the light just like you. Be a little more tolerant. Be a little more patient. Because if you could really, really pray for Ryan Newman, my goodness, I think you can pray for anyone and any and everyone around you driving their vehicle, riding as a passenger of the vehicle, on the buses, on the trains. Be more patient. Be more tolerant. Because, man, if, if the last two months have shown us anything, we mourn and we suffer for those celebrities and athletes that suffered and died, like Kobe and Ryan Newman who's suffering. But as well as, wait a minute, why aren't we doing that more so for those around us? Why aren't we being more worried about their well-being? Literally sitting on the train next to us, or on the subway next to us, they may not give a crud if you collapse the next day. But they will if a celebrity dies or if a crash happens that involves a big NASCAR race. They will care about that. Maybe localizing that care would be making everybody's world better off. What do you say? What do you say to that? And then this other story, which I was bursting with itching to come on to and talk to come on and talk about with you the rollerblade that I wear I rollerblade on one leg in New York in case you're just following this podcast now <clears throat> been rollerblading for 20 years the model is actually that I first bought my rollerblade in is closing now but and by the way thanks to Luminary for picking me up as a podcast feed. Thank you so much, Luminary. That's a big get. But, um... Big affiliate. But, um... Yeah, the rollerblade... Is actually a lifeline. And I never realized this until... Just a few nights ago. When a couple guys tried to creep up on me... Say hello in a nice, friendly way. But it's pitch black out. It's dark out. It wasn't really cold, but I had my headphones on. I expected a nice ride. Feel a tug of the shoulder. And instead of saying, you know, stopping by and talking to him, I rollerbladed away. <laughs> Out of nervousness. And it was that nervousness and that ability to roll away that I realized that this skate is not only a hobby, a life, li- livelihood, but a lifeline. And I was thinking of ways to phrase this. But in a moment of danger, for me and for others, in the moment of vulnerability, phoning a friend won't get you anywhere. But having the ability to escape a situation yourself and be self-sufficient in those situations, much, much more effective wouldn't you say? So I thank God for this rollerblade. That's not only added 20 years to my life or more, but is really, as I learned on President's Day night, 
enable me to be safe and to be alive. Actually, it's today. Sunday night, actually. And to really be mindful of those around me. But to know that if danger strikes, thank God I have my blade as a lifeline. It's like one of those superpowers. And it's no wonder I feel invincible on them. But sometimes, you have to be reminded, you too, rollerblade or not, feeling invincible or feeling that we're all vulnerable. Because I feel like that message needs to be hard heard. Because when you have people and, and your regular friends who aren't on the 18th floor with the mullers of the world, but when you have people seemingly act like everything's okay with bail reform, everything's okay with open borders. They don't understand the vulnerabilities that the real world deals with in New York every day. Or they choose to ignore it. And that caused me to say, wait a minute. What dimension, Willow Smith, what dimension are we really living in? Is it a sixth dimension where we don't care about the vulnerabilities of people on the ground? Because if it is, I don't want to be part of that dimension. I want us to be fully aware, which is why I will keep talking about my own experiences of people that randomly come up to you. Yeah, you know them from the train station, but they're not. They're not really being friendly in that situation. Pitch black. To know the vulnerabilities of excusing people's actions. That cannot be. We have to have some accountability or society will need an entire lifeline of what my one rollerblade gives me the chance to escape this dimension of being okay with third degree criminals let back out on the streets we shouldn't be okay with it and we should stop and really say wait a minute what dimension are we really in I'm Alexander Garrett Have a great rest of your night. Big batch of interviews coming up. You'll hear about them on Keep It Real with Alexander Gare. But now, a little more from this earbug. This earbug. I thought you might enjoy as well.